This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 121 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we discuss essential items for your tack trunk. In Patapedia, we share tips on colic signs and preventative measures. In Critter Nutrition, the focus is on Ayurvedic principles for feeding your dog. And in Coffee Clutch, we ask, what is your horse or dog's theme song? Join us! I'm Tigger. I'm Patty. <laughs> Pause. And I'm Coach Jen, producer of this here circus. And welcome back to Healthy Critters Radio. We come out and uh, twice a month record a little show where we chit chat about the health and wellness of critters, human and furry, and sometimes even not furry. Have we done any lizards yet in our breed of the show? We have. No. We have not. We have not done. Have we done turtle? We did a turtle though, didn't we? Yes, we did do turtles. We did do turtles. So furry and otherwise. Oh, yeah, that's right. Rescuing them. Yes. Yes. So furry and otherwise. Uh, So if you're new to Healthy Critters Radio, thanks for joining us. And and this part of the show, this is the free-for-all part of the show. Um, (laughs) Because we never plan it because none of us are that organized. (laughs) (laughs) So it's your turn to take on the free-for-all, Tigger. (laughs) Well, the free-for-all is there's a new dog in your house. There he yes. is. We need to, de- need to hear the details. Hear, hear the details. Uh, longtime listeners at the Horse Radio Network know that Glenn and I, Glenn is the chief muckety-muck here at Horse Radio Network. We're, we're greyhound people. We've had greyhounds for many years. And we lost our greyhound back in February. Of uh, She was the infirmities of old age. Finally, a few weeks back, we found an adorable Greyhound available for adoption. So I took the day and drove down to Tampa and picked her up. He is a teeny tiny petite greyhound weighing in at a whopping 36 pounds, which is extremely small for a Whoa. greyhound. Whoa. Uh, she once she puts on weight right now, she's it. yeah, she's yeah, she's not much bigger than a whippet. Yeah, she's um she's in racing weight right now. So she'll probably be be oh, wow. about 38 pounds when she's filled out again. Uh, she went into race training, but um, did not show much potential, so she didn't have any starts. Went directly to the couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't that great? Isn't that great? She, her name, her registered name is P.S. Algebra, and her, oh, wow. her house name is Pickles. 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 I love that. She's, she gets herself into Pickles a lot because she's a counter surfer. Oh, those are always fun. <laughs> yes. and uh, Yes, they are. Yes, yes. Good thing she's not two inches taller or we would have some serious trouble. <laughs> how oh, is she on learning, you know, like being on a lead and sit down? Things like that. Yeah. Leash training is easy because when they come, when they go to the track to start training, um, they're moved around on leashes. So she had leash okay. down pat. Now, coming along with you, if she didn't want to go there, that was... <laughs> she just, <laughs> greyhounds love it. When they don't want to do something, they just stop and become statues. That's that's their go-to behavior. Just become a statue. And wow. it's amazing. Their feet can let... Their feet can actually glue themselves to the ground. I swear. <laughs> huh. um, but leash was fine. We're We're struggling a bit with... House training, not because she's having accidents in the house, but because she's got this habit that it, she needs to go in the middle of the night. It's like, really? Go during the day. We took you out uh, six times. Uh, so there's been a lot of, of 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Uh, go outs. A lot of those. Um, but never any accidents. She always lets you know when she needs to go out. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. She always lets oh, you know. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, again, when you're a greyhound, once you go to the track to start training, you're kennel trained and you live in the big old kennel. You have your own little apartment and they get out of their crates X number of times a day to go out in their run, 
where they get to play with their friends and go potty. So they understand the concept, but I think a little bit like racehorses, I think the schedule at the track doesn't fit in well to your average working family because I think things happen really early in the morning and really late at night because people Uh come in, they feed their kennel probably before they go off to work you know, at 4 or 5 a.m., things like that. So she's struggling a bit with that. And we, when we got her, she had just been spayed. So she was really a little bit out of sorts. So the first five or six days we had her didn't count because she was like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, she's, a, she's a toy hoarder. Wait, I mean, that's, that's oh. yeah, we know that. All toys are kept on the bed, on her bed. <laughs> so there's really not much room left for the dog now. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Not much room left for the dog. So, so how similar is she to your other one? Like, do you notice like a lot of differences? I mean, you know, has this been a similar experience when you had gotten um, your other one? Very similar. Um, Our second Greyhound, Glory, was a little Mm -hmm. bit different because she was not a racing Greyhound. She was a a Greyhound bred to be a hunting dog. Oh, okay. Versus a racetrack, a little bit like thoroughbred bred right. to race on a racetrack versus thoroughbred be, bred to be a fox hunter. So she was a little bit different in her history of behaviors and stuff. But personality-wise, very, very similar. The biggest difference with, with Pickles is she's only just two years old. So she's almost a puppy. So yeah. her energy yeah. level is much, much higher compared to the other two. The other two we got, one was almost three and the other one was almost four when we got them. They had already had careers right. and they were retired, whereas she <laughs> she never got to the career part. So when I say a much yeah. higher energy, that means she actually wants to go for a walk a couple of times a day versus sleep for 26 hours. That's, I mean, no one would think, my brother-in-law has greyhounds. I think we talked about this before. I mean, who would think the dogs that can run like that, I mean, that is just, hysterical to me that they just want to lay down that they're just such couch dogs i think that's great yeah she's she's a couch potato the 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 biggest struggle for her so far is to go in and out of our backyard we have a deck and then a yard so there's three steps and uh, greyhounds are not really well known for their ability to be trained they're designed to be an independent animal they chase the bunny without any help from a human so they're trainability is not real high on on uh, traits that they breed for. So it's been a little bit of a struggle for her to climb up the steps in the back. So the first mm. three or four times, we just pick her up and you know, chuck her onto the deck. She weighs 36 pounds. It's not right. hard to do. So what we do is we put a little piece of kibble, which is the best treat in the world in her book. You put one on each step, and she goes over and she eats it off the step. And, well, she did this, and a couple of times she scooched the little the little kibbles around and they fell down in the cracks between the boards of the deck. <laughs> oh no. Well, she remembered that. Don't she remembers where all wow. food products are. So she, <laughs> she became obsessed with these bits of kibble that fell down between the boards. And every time we take her in and out on the leash and we take her in and out on, on the leash, we just go up and down the ramp on the other side of the deck. Let's just go out. We're going on a leash. We're just going to do the thing. And she'd come up the de- the ramp and turn left to go into the house and she would stop and become a statue because that's what greyhounds do. And she wouldn't move. She would not move and she would just stare off into the distance. Okay, Lee, what do you want to do? You look at her and then she'd walk over and she would start chewing on the deck trying to get the kernels of dog food out from between the boards. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, she, uh, she likes her food, this one. That's a good thing. I think food motivated dogs really are the easiest to train. Well, it makes it it makes it so much easier. Yep. And yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now I just have to figure out I've got to get my timing right, you know. We've we started to teach her a little bit of recall because I'm not good about teaching my dogs a lot of behaviors, but recall is the one thing I always make sure they know just, understand. Because that's, that's that's kind so. of a lifesaver, isn't it? Yeah. So we've started teaching her that. And she's starting to get it a little bit where she well, Glenn and I will stand at either end of a, a large area. We have we turn her loose in the riding arena in the back because the whole place is fenced and the riding arena is a good size. And we can uh, stand there and we'll call her. And, you you know, you come over to me, you get a cookie. And then you come over to me and you get a cookie. It was kind of funny because at first, 
she would come to one of us and we'd give her a piece of kibble. But then she wouldn't leave to go to the other person. She's going, no, 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 this person has kibble. I'm not leaving this person. I can smell that they still have kibble. <laughs> and she wouldn't leave until she'd eaten all the kibble from that person. And then she would go to the other person. <laughs> oh, boy. So uh, she's been That's a lo- so she's been a lovely, lovely little greyhound. And uh, we're looking forward to lots of adventures with her. She likes to go out and investigate things and meet the world. And like most greyhounds, there's probably not a human on earth that she doesn't love. They're just very, very sociable. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's well. Pickles. That's awesome. I'm so well, glad. I'm so glad you've got a dog now. I I I was I, I felt so badly for you for so many months. How empty a house feels without four paws with <laughs> maybe cat or dog. Right, how many how many paws do you have complete? <laughs> yeah. How many paws do you have, Tigger? Thirty two. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody yeah. who needs a paw or a couple of paws, <laughs> you can loan some, you can loan some out. Um, but we need to, to talk about important things to have in your tack trunk. Yeah. I haven't thought about this in years because I can't, I don't really have a tack trunk anymore. So this really got me thinking you guys get started because I haven't formed good thoughts yet. Well, think I of it also my- what's in your feed room. You know that that your emergency supplies, your your absolute essentials in a barn, or I was thinking a, a tack trunk for people who are boarding. You know, you have a place where you put all your important necessary items, and what are they? So you know, for me, it begins with butane and banamine. And <laughs> <SMPs>. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those three are kind of at the top of my list. There you go. Then we get into ichthamol and, you know, your basic wound dressing, betadine. How about you, Patty? Uh, a wine opener. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, when you're at a horse show and you don't have a wine opener, first thing you think of is I'm going to put that in my tap jar. Okay, so sorry. That was... I, that was the number one thing I thought of. And I laughed when I, when I wrote it down, one of the things I like to have is, you know, those Gerber tools, they're like, they look like scissors, but they're, they're, you can use them as, I don't know. They have a little knife on the end, a little screw thing on the end. Oh, um, a, a Swiss uh, army knife. Yeah. Kind of like a Swiss mar- army knife, but Gerber's are ones that you open up that kind of end up looking like scissors, but they're not, they're just a good all around thing. I think to have, and I like that. That's just like when I think about travel. When you were saying, thinking, saying pack truck, I was thinking like when I when I traveled to a horse show. Again, why I said wine opener, but I oh, you know me, Tiggs. I always have my coconut oil. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, I never. I, I I mean, you know, you can't go anywhere without coconut oil. No, it's no. Amazing. In fact, the other day I was thinking of you because my baby horse's tail was just a little dry because it can be really dry up here when it doesn't rain, and I just I did my typical saturated in coconut oil and boom gone i mean his tail looks incredible <laughs> but of course I and as we like know cute. it's a super lip balm when you're at a show yeah. and oh, it's, it's hot it's and dry yeah it's all great the time. all the time yeah one of the things that i love to have is i um i was trying to think of like things that i don't know outside of the box a little bit than the normal you know, butte and banamine and SMZs, which we all should. I like to have a lot of rags. I mean, I, I, I use a lot of rags to wipe off their faces and their noses. And I don't know. I just like to have, uh, uh, you know, and they're also, you know, I like to, you know, finish a horse up being a little wet after you groom them to kind of go over their whole body. Or when you're, after you're done. Oh, there's nothing like um, a rub wa- rag. There's just. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In a barn, in a tack trunk there, especially yeah. with, you know, show horses, they're essential. Yeah. And I don't think we. Yeah. We collectively, I don't see people rubbing on their horses as they did 20 years ago. You know, I think yeah, there was, a, it was kind of an art. And well, we knew who was a good old what? Cindy. She was great at that. Oh my God. Cindy had grooming. She was the queen. <sighs> she was the queen. Yeah. How about you, Jen? For me, essentials in the, in the tack trunk start with the trunk itself. Yeah, well, that's huh? a good place to start. I, I love containers. 
but you got to have a trunk that suits the way you like to organize your world. Uh, one of the best ones I ever had was a big old, it was, a, was like, it was almost like a steamer trunk, but it wasn't an old fashioned antique one. It was a new one. And it had compartments. So yeah, compartments are really uh, helpful. Compartments, so handy. It had compartments and it had a little slidey thing so that the top compartment, because you could slide across and get to what was underneath of it. And then what I mm-hmm. did is I had a zippery pouch on the top that was attached to the lid on the inside that had all the paperwork in it. That was essential because you could have your entry forms, you could have your cognizance. Your yeah. All those little chunks of paper that you really do need to keep around all the time were That's stuffed a good in this little idea. thing. And you had a little zipper on it, so it wasn't going to disappear on me. So I really like my zippery my zippery pouch on the top. And I love having a chalkboard or dry erase board. Or even in back um, in the day, what I did is I just attached with a couple of um one of those things called alligator clips. I attached yeah. a yellow pad to the inside of the lid. So again, when I opened up the lid, there was a there was a pen with a on a string. So I could take notes on something. Oh, you got, don't forget to do such and such. Oh, we need a bag of ice when we go back to the hotel. I could just write it on that thing, tear off the piece of paper and take it with me when I left the showgrounds. So that was a biggie for me. What else? Dry erase board, my, my lid, my compartments, my zippery pouch. And I am absolutely positively in love with microcloth, microfiber towels. Mm-hmm. I love them. They're so useful. Yeah. Yeah. Now, gloves were big for me. Oh. I had an assortment of oh. gloves. As in grooming gloves, gloves or hand protection gloves? Heavy winter gloves, moderate gloves, show gloves, everyday riding gloves. Yeah, I, I'm big on having a glove containment area. Yeah, yeah, I love gloves. I do too. I love, love. gloves. And always, you know, I learned this from Cindy, uh, for the listener, Cindy was a very good friend of ours who passed away in 2011. And she was a professional groom for 30 years. And she was big on having like an extra pair of socks, Mm. bobby pins, you know, you had your hair net, your, you know, all the things that you needed under your helmet she was big, always having an extra pair of socks. And I, I used to laugh at her when she'd say, well, I, 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 you know, we need to put socks in your tack trunk because we were going to a show. And I go, I don't need socks. It's summer. What are you talking about? And wouldn't you know it, it would rain and, you know, your feet get wet in leather boots. And, you know, there was my having a extra pair of socks was really handy. Thank you, Cindy. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, you never have enough socks. The little things. And even in the in the feed room, they're, you know, bungee cord. I, I couldn't mm. live without bungee cord or, you know, hay bale string. It's amazing what you can do with that in an emergency. Oh, and duct tape. We always had duct tape. Oh, duct tape. Room. It's a yep. must. Agreed. Now, of course, these days you'd probably have hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple of spare masks. Yeah. <laughs> and the and just having basic medicine vet wrap. I mean, it's in every barn, you just there are just some basic essentials. But one thing I have learned the hard way is, you know, with retired horses, there isn't the, the the need for anti-inflammatories is almost non-existent unless they get hurt or it's something acute. And I went went into the tack trunk and pulled out my banamine paste, and it had expired like a year or two before. <laughs> so my advice is, you know, make sure your meds are up to date. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You don't want to, because when you need it, you need it now. And that is not the time to find out that it expired a year and a half ago. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I I had a a vet in here, very sweet thing that he did. He, um, because I was always saying, you know, can you leave me this? Can you leave me that? He goes, I'm going to do you one thing better. And he brought me a little container and then it was like injectable banamine, a couple other things. And they would be bottles that were like half used. 
And if I didn't use them in a six month period, he would take them and then he would replace them. Like oh, the wow. Same half bottles. Yeah. It was really pretty amazing. I've never had another vet offer to do that. And I mean, he was there frequently enough and he would just, you know, he would remember, or I would remember and he would go through, I mean, obviously the banamine was kind of the biggest thing, but that way, you know, he, it, you know, he would just come in, you know, take the stuff that we hadn't used or we had used or, you know, whatever. And he would replace it with something that was newer. Isn't that cool? Wow. That's but I only ever paid cool. model. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of smart. Well, that's pretty so. cool. Yeah. How about that? And four by fours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're just, yep. you, you just can't have enough four by fours. <laughs> they're no. useful for, useful for everything for from. So many things. From abscesses to cleaning yep. bits. Yep. And we're putting them in your boots because your boots hurt a little bit around your ankle. Yeah. You got a blister. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. In fact, band-aids. I always had a container of band-aids in the tack trunk. There you go. Oh, sewing kit, like little sewing kits. Oh, sewing like, kits. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how to use them, but I had one. <laughs> yeah, <cool. laughs> Cindy was good at, at, at the, the sewing stuff, like sewing a button on a jacket or. Yeah. 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 So if yeah, you have yeah. interesting things that you have in your tack trunk, let us know by dropping us a postcard or you can. See us online at uh, either biostarus.com or healthycrittersradio.com. Hello. Hello, Hetty. Hi, Hetty. I'm Jennifer. Tiggy's here. here. I need everyone. We're all here. Oh, good. Thank goodness. Well, we have a question for you. Ready. What is your theme song? Oh, of course I have theme songs. Okay. So I have several. One of my, I think probably the one that suits me best is by the artist Pink. And the chorus is nitty gritty, dirty little freak, which I think summarizes me perfectly. Oh my goodness, she she knows you. <laughs> yeah. Raise my paws. Come in, come in, raise my paws. Yeah, that that one for sure. Yeah. Okay. Do you I know what that, that song one. is called? No. Oh, okay. Do I, Anything do I from Lady Gaga? Or... Yeah. No. Oh. Sometimes I find the Gaga a little bit much for me. I mean, it's true. I was born this way. But, you know, mm. it's called Raise Your Glass. But I use the, you know, Raise Your Paw. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. As my chorus. <laughs> now, also... There is a song from my namesake, Hedwig, and the Angry Inch, about the power of the wig, which I love that song. <laughs> Makes me so happy. Yeah. You, are you familiar with the, the soundtrack? Yes. No. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I forget sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, it, um, it goes something, it's about, you know, you're sad and things are not going that well for you. And then you realize you can, you can sort of emerge into yourself by donning your costume that is you. Uh, so I changed the lyrics a little bit to suit me because, you know, I'm a dog instead of a person. And, and it's really a song about a person. But just to give you a sampling... Look back on where I'm from. Look at the star that I've become. And the strangest things seem suddenly routine. I look up from my giant toy box. I give wrap wig still in the box. Touring velvety. 
I put on some makeup, turn on the eight track. I'm getting a wig down from the shelf. Suddenly I'm Miss Sarah Fawcett from TV until I wake up and I'm turned back to myself. Yeah, great song. You guys should really okay. listen to all music. Okay. Yeah. I'm just impressed with all of that. Like, very really lightning. Like yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. My dogs couldn't well, do that. <laughs> well, you know, we like to we, we like to practice karaoke here. <laughs> ah, of course, of course. During well, COVID thanks. times, we can't go out. Oh, that's true. Well, when when yeah. COVID is finally behind us, I'll be looking forward to seeing you perform at a uh, karaoke bar. Yeah, I'm amazing at karaoke. Super amazing. <laughs> well, thanks, Hetty. Thanks, Hetty. Bye, Hetty. We now have arrived at Patapedia, and I thought it would be a great idea to share tips on colic signs and some preventive measures that we all can do. This time of year can be a really tough time because, you know, the weather's starting to get cooler, so the horse's coats are growing in, and it can also get pretty warm and hot. And sometimes, um, you know, horses won't drink as much, and this is just a time of year that you have to kind of look out for some of the signs, you know, horses colicking. So, you know, obviously some of the number one things that you, you can look at are if your horse is rolling and seems sweaty or agitated. And again, like if your horse, if you brought your horse in, you've just worked them and you've, you know, hosed them off and they're a little, you know, they're, they're a little, you know, they roll and they seem a little sweaty, you know, that's one thing, but this is, you know, a little bit more, they're, they're getting down, they're getting up and they just seem a little bit different. Sometimes they'll lift their lip. They could start kicking at their belly or looking at their flank or just lying down. A lot of times, I don't know if you guys have had this, but I've had just a couple that just lie down and it's just odd. You know, they just, they don't seem all that distressed, but they're laying down more than they, they normally would. But another really great sign is that they're not eating. Some of the things that you can do to sort of to, to check and see if, if this is not, if the, you know, if they're just you know, not acting right or you're concerned that they're colicking is you can look at their gums. And the challenge in this is if you don't know what their gums normally look like, but if you press on it um, to kind of see the, the, the pinkness that comes back after you press on it, or if their gums seem tacky, that may be you know, something that you should be aware of. Again, you can also pinch their skin. If you seem like that, they're, they're, they're not filling their skin back up when you pinch it. Again, these are all signs that are good, that are good indicators to look at. But if you don't know what they normally look at, that can also be sort of a false, a false reading on that. So the number one thing that my suggestion always is, is that this time of year, what I do is, and Tigger, our good friend, Tim Ober had told me this years ago, is I start to, um, I, I've started, as you know, I feed salt and I try to make sure that the horse has salt in their diet. And sometimes it would even increase it a little bit through if, you know, weather change is going to come to help hopefully increase the horse's, you know, drinking water. But there's different types of, of colics that that may not always, you know, work for. But making sure they have a good water source all the time is a good way to help prevent this during this time of year. So keeping them obviously hydrated is the number one thing. Since there's different types of colics, there can be, there's a sand colic, there can be gas colic, there can be impaction colic. Um, and all of those are things that you want your vet to, to obviously be involved with. So number one, if you think that you have anything with a horse that doesn't seem right, always call your vet and, you know, tell them. One of the first things I do is I always just take their temperature as well, just have an idea of where they are on their baseline. But your vet, if you if you end up needing to call your vet out or if they have to come out, some of the things that you can expect them to do is give them 
butyrabanamine, depending on your vet, some sort of like laxative through a nasal tube that goes into their stomach or a form of rehydrating them, whether it be, um, you know, IV fluids or what they do with the stomach tube. And then you would just kind of continue to check them after that. But one of the big things that I have started to do is I had a, a dear friend of mine, every night time that she would do night check or go to check on her horses at night, she'd always bring a carrot. And if every horse ate a carrot, she felt like, okay, they're, they're doing, they're good. They're good. But every now and then, if one of the horses wouldn't eat a carrot, then that would be something that would kind of trigger to say, okay, well, I'm going to keep my eye on this horse because that's a little bit unusual because most of the time horses are going to want to eat um, a carrot or a snack or something. Obviously, like I said before, having fresh water is a great thing to, to have. If you turn your horses out, I tend to turn my horses out at night as, as much as I can being in Texas. It gets a little cold here through the night, but it's so great to have a horse be able to move around and have fresh water. So that's another thing that is a good preventative. The more that you can have your horses out and grazing and have their heads down and, you know, and have access to fresh water, fresh water is another good. It's a great preventative, but you want to be super careful about where you put the hay on the ground. If you're in a sandy area, you want to do your best to, you know, either I, we have these really low water troughs, um, that you can actually set the hay in that helps, you know, the horses not spread the hay around or they set, they sell these hay feeders that are great because sometimes when the horses eat off the ground, they can also ingest some sand, which can then end up being one of the other types of colic, which is called, called a sand colic. And depending on the area of the country that you're in, that can be something that you, you're, that would probably tell you to look out for. But the number one thing is just if you see that your horse is acting a little odd, and seems not, you know, if they seem a little sweaty or they're not eating or they're rolling or they're looking at her flank, that's usually a pretty big red flag that something may not be a hundred percent right. I always call my vet to make sure sometimes you can treat these things without the vet having to come out, but you'll always end up watching them. But the big thing is if you can have fresh water, make sure they get out moving around and access to, you know, good, good pasture and being able to walk around. That's all great preventatives. And like I said, that one little trick of giving a horse a carrot or a snack, if they eat, that is not, doesn't promise that they're not having a, a problem with their stomach, but it's a great indicator that they may be okay. Do you guys have any tips that you use when you have an idea that they're not feeling good? I do. Be a poop, be a poop what? watcher. Yeah. That's another great you know, one. You, not, Count the poops, take note of the poop texture. Um, if your horse's manure texture changes, you go in the stall in the morning to clean it out or to throw their hay or something. There's less poop than normally there is. There's more poop than there normally is. The poop is stirred around mm-hmm. more or less. Um, this And this is something I noticed with Nigel because Nigel is not a good drinker in his stall. He he tends to just mm-hmm. say, nope, not, not drinking when I'm in here. If he's in his stall overnight, the manure that comes out of that horse during the next day is considerably drier than normal because he's, he's yeah. behind on his water consumption. So if he has to stay in his stall overnight, or God forbid he has to stay in his stall for a whole 24 hours, which isn't normal because he's an outdoor horse, he just has to have all of everything he eats has to be wet because he's not going to drink water it's just every trick in the book it just doesn't work he's not going to drink his water so that and then i have to keep a really really close eye on that manure it's like oh look that's dry that you know or Mm -hmm. i'm out there cleaning the paddock because we clean the manure out of the paddock each day and he's not been in the barn but i go wait a minute these three piles over here are dry and he's not been in the barn that's that's a big red flag because there's a reason that manure is drier than normal or wetter than normal because that could you know you can have Digestive yeah. issues yeah. that cause diarrhea as well as impaction. So just become obsessed with manure, quantity, yeah. quality, and how much how much it gets moved around, where it is. If the manure is all in one place in their turnout area where normally it would be spread around, well, maybe your horse didn't move all night long and there's something amiss. There you go. That's, that's my good, advice. That's a good one too. Yep, that's uh, a good one. Um, be a Biostar watcher. has a hydration formula. It's in a tube. Ah. It's, it's called Elixir and, um, it, 
it, it can pull the dehydrated horses out of early colic. Okay, that's awesome. Sounds like and something, it sounds like something folks need to have on hand. Yeah, it's something to yeah. have in the barn. Maybe and horses talk. love it. I mean, they suck on it. They suck <laughs> on the two. Oh, wow. So is that mm. something that someone could use, for example, a horse like Nigel, who typically lives outdoors, but when he does have to be in a stall for a period of time, for example, there's a hurricane coming. Yes. Horses can't yeah. be outside. Yes. You can give yes. it to them as yep. a preventative. Okay, you're just going to get this on general principles. Yeah. Ah. To keep you hydrated. Keep you hydrated. This is interesting. We're going to have to that, add that to the shopping yeah. cart along with pickles, Theracalm. <laughs> no, no dog home should be without it. No dog home should be without Theracalm. Just saying. Well, cool. Well, perfect. So anybody else that has any tricks that they do that help, you know, put up a flag or be a preventative or what they do during a colic, please let us know. I'd love to share them. And here we are at Critter Nutrition. The topic today is Ayurvedic principles for feeding your dog. Ayurvedic medicine is based on the three humors, also known as metabolic forces, that make up the mind and body. Together, all three are called the tridosha. The three doshas are vata, pita, and kapha. Breed types can tend towards a predominance of a particular dosha. For instance, greyhounds and whippets and some terrier breeds tend to be vata, while Bernese Mountain Dogs and St. Bernard's tend to be Kaffa. German Shepherds and Australian Shepherds tend to be PETA. Vata Dogs. They are governed by movement of mind and body. Their element is air. The breed examples are Greyhound, Dalmatian, Poodle, Whippet, and some Terriers. Vata Dogs are high energy and alert. They need daily activity, stimulation, fun, and play. These are sprinting dogs but can tire easily despite their tons of energy. They are picky eaters with more modest appetites. Their nails are dry and brittle. Their skin is cool, dry, and prone to cracking. They are uncomfortable in cold climates, and their paws tend to be cold. Feces is dry and hard and small in quantity. They are fast learners, but tend to easily forget what they've learned. They tend towards anxiety and sensitivity when stressed or out of balance. Pita dogs, governed by the interplay of water and fire, representing transformation. Breed examples, German Shepherd, Australian Shepherd, Doberman, Rottweiler, Malinois. Pita dogs are smart, great protectors, and very athletic. They're easily trained and thrive as agility dogs, service dogs, and movie dogs. Their fur is soft, paws are warm, and are often bothered by hot weather. They pee a lot. They have strong metabolisms and strong appetites. They can be irritable if they have to wait for their food. They have focused and concentrated minds. They can be aggressive and demanding when out of balance or stressed. They make good pack leaders. Kaffa dogs, governed by earth and water, representing structure and lubrication. Breed examples, St. Bernard, Basset Hound, Bernie's Mountain Dog, Labrador Retrievers. Kaffa dogs are physically strong with a sturdy build. They tend to be easygoing but stubborn. Their energy is steady, not explosive. They are not adverse to cold and wet weather. They tend towards being overweight and digestion may be sluggish. Stools are pale and there is a tendency towards constipation. They are slower to learn but have good long-term memory. They are affectionate, forgiving, compassionate, reliable, and faithful. They are considered the peacemakers. They can tend towards separation anxiety and excess weight if stressed out or out of balance. Just as it is with people, dogs' constitutions can change as they mature or age. 
A person can be born with a PETA constitution, and by the time they are seniors, they tend more towards Vata or Kapha. An example from my own pack is my dog, Buckaroo. He started out as PETA, but he is now Kapha. This transition began after he was neutered at two years of age. He's the most laid back member of the tribe. He sees food and gains weight. He prefers cold weather and snow to warm weather. He prefers to sleep outside in winter despite the human protestations and bribery. However, he's also the first dog in the house when the air conditioning is on. Buckaroo chooses a languid, effortless swim in the pond while the rest run and jump into the water and chase each other around. Protein sources for dogs. Vata dogs do well eating chicken, buffalo, seafood, and duck. Pita dogs do well on buffalo, rabbit, venison, freshwater fish, and turkey. Kaffa dogs benefit from white meat, chicken, venison, and rabbit. Dogs with Vata constitutions may need increased fat sources in their diet in their older years. Watch for constipated stools and add more warming foods like pumpkin, sweet potatoes, squash, rice, and cooked oats or quinoa. Vata dogs do well with ghee, goat's milk, kefir, and cottage cheese. Dogs with pita constitutions benefit from a variety of foods broccoli, cabbage, cooked carrots, cucumber, zucchini, celery, kale, basmati rice, mung dal, and fruits such as apples, berries, melons, and coconut. Include small amounts of ghee and goat's milk once or twice a week. Dogs with kaffa constitutions do well with broccoli, carrots, cabbage, cauliflower, and celery. You can add small amounts of fruits like apples and berries to their food bowl. They can have polenta, quinoa, and cooked oats. They can have lentils such as split peas. They do well with chia and flax seeds and a small amount of ghee. Avoid cow's milk. Kaffa dogs can have goat's milk and goat cheese, unsalted, not aged. Kaffa dogs benefit from ginger, turmeric, and black pepper to increase the digestive fire. Feeding for the weather. Vata dogs benefit from their meals being warm and moist in winter. Remember, Vata is associated with air and needs moisture and warming to reduce dryness. As dogs age, they may become Vata and so need warm water added to their food. Some Vata dogs, as they age, may do better on home-cooked meals than raw. Pita dogs need cooling foods in summer. Remember, they are governed by fire. They can have watermelon, or you can freeze coconut oil with some chopped berries or melons and ice cube trays for a cooling treat. Avoid sour apples, bananas, and peaches. If you make a home-cooked meal for a pita dog, make sure it is cooled entirely before feeding. Don't add more fire to the fire. Kaffa dogs should avoid watery fruits and vegetables like dates, watermelon, cucumber, squash, and zucchini. Particularly in summer, avoid heavy carbohydrates such as cooked oats and wheat. Peanut butter is a popular treat for dogs, but peanut butter is only recommended for one type, vata. Peanuts are a warming food, so they're not a good choice for pita, and they're too heavy and oily for kaffa. You don't have to be a strict Ayurvedic practitioner to apply Ayurvedic constitution principles with your dog. If you have a Vata dog, think warming. If you have a Pita dog, think cooling. If you have a Kapha dog, think of foods that are light, warm, and dry. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real food ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. 
Whole Food Nutrition, the way nature intended. So here we are at Coffee Clatch. The topic is, what is your horse or dog's theme song? I'm going to start off our our sharing with my oldest dog of the pack, Kimasabi. And his theme song is I'll Stand By You by The Pretenders. Oh, perfect. The youngest member of the pack, uh, Keen, he has two because he... He's a juvenile at a year old and he can't make up his mind. So his first choice is Pink Cadillac by Bruce Springsteen because he's an intact boy and he knows it. And his second is Viva La Vida by Coldplay because he has that sense of exuberance and uh, loving life. How about you, Patty? Well, I (laughs) catch uh, my two-year-old intact Australian shepherd has recently discovered that he is a two-year-old intact (laughs) Australian shepherd. And his song is Are You Gonna Be My Girl by Jet. (laughs) (laughs) And it should be Can I Go Find My Girl, but that's the best song that I can figure. Are You Gonna Be My Girl? And it's not, he's not obnoxious, but he's just like, it's like somebody turned on the switch yeah, and said this is what we're doing. <laughs> my my other Australian Shepherd, who just is the sweetest thing in the world, his theme song is "I'll Be There for You," the one they use for Friends. I don't know who who writes that song, but or oh, who is that song, from but, the Friends TV show. Yeah, he is he is constantly there. He is constantly there. So I thought that was the best thing for him. I'll be there for you. That's perfect. What about you? What about you, Jennifer? Well, I took this a little more literally. So I found Uh-oh. theme songs that were theme songs for my pets. Okay. <laughs> and Scooter, the world's most obnoxious hackney pony, mm-hmm. his theme song is the theme song from Laverne and Shirley. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Oh, oh my God. I love it. I love that one. Give us okay. any chance we'll take it. Read us any rule. We'll break it. That's his theme we'll song. Break right it. <laughs> I love it. That's just that scooter. Uh, Nigel, okay. the I can't be an OTTB because I was so bad at it that I never got to the track. <laughs> he's he's kind of a happy, jolly character. If he was if he was a cartoon character, he'd be Frosty the Snowman. Um Oh, and then his his theme song is the song from the original Sesame Street. Oh, I don't know oh. that one. I'm on my way to me the where the, on my way to where the air is sweet. Can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? He's on his way. He has no idea where he's going, but he's happy. He's on his way. <laughs> Here we go. There you go. And uh, well, how about Pickles? Pickles, the newest member of the furry family, the theme song from the TV show. I'm going to date myself. The monkeys. Oh, we, I love the monkeys. <laughs> we're just trying to be friendly. Monkeys. Just trying to be friendly. Come and watch us monkeys. sing and play. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. Oh, that's great. Yes, I had a, I had yeah, a good time great. looking up lyrics. Yes, so there there we go. And I only have the three of them, so my job was a little easier than you guys. Yeah. Yeah, I did do the entire pack. Yeah, because you have a pack. You yeah, have 38 paws. Yeah. I have 38 That's paws. Right. You have 30 paws. I, That's I, That's I, Wookie is more of a Bette Midler type. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, so good taste. <laughs> Wookie, you know, I... I, it's a, you know, I can see her sort of chapel of love and do you want to dance sung in sultry Bette Midler way because she's such a flirt, but she's a badass too. So, you know, maybe a a little bit of material girl by Madonna. (laughs) Okay. That's hysterical. That's adorable. 
<laughs> and Buckaroo is sitting by the dock of the bay. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> Otis Redding. Yeah. Otis Redding, that's good. Yeah. Oh. So if your horse or dog has a theme song, let us know. Send us a postcard at Biostar US on Cleveland Street, Gordonsville, Virginia, 22942. Or Get us on Facebook at Healthy Critters Radio or uh, on our website, healthycrittersradio.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs) 